Welcome to the Discover Your Joy podcast. I'm your host, Maya Urban, the Urban Healer. I'm a life coach, Reiki master, Akashic record reader, and registered nurse. I'm here to guide you towards living a life you truly love by learning to downregulate your nervous system, resetting your energy, and reconnecting to your essence. We'll talk about everything from evidence-based neuroscience tools to ancient healing wisdoms and how you can incorporate these in your everyday life to heal, expand, and feel joy again. For ways to work with me, visit theurbanhealer.ca. Now let's get into the show. Hello, and welcome to the Discover Your Joy podcast. I am so excited to be here. And today I'm going to be interviewing Emily Elliott, a mindset and success coach. So I'm super pumped to ask her some really big questions. And I'm not gonna lie, these are questions I actually want the answers to. So I know you guys <laughs> love and enjoy this as well. So welcome, <laughs> Emily. Thank you for being here. Please tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much. And First off, I think we should give everyone a little bit of an LOL that you and I met over ice cream because I tagged a really delicious ice cream and you said, hey, that's available in my hometown. And then we met the funny world of the internet. So that's hilarious. <laughs> that's true. That is a question I didn't put on there. Like, how do we even connect with me? But it's so funny because like, we actually have a lot of common like friends, yeah. like it was interesting how it all kind of aligned. <laughs> yeah, it was gluten-free chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream that I was like, what do you mean this uh, is like a couple meters away from me? I'm like, going. <laughs> off I go. But yes, to answer your question, I call myself professional leaper because I've had so many different professional and career lives. And if it doesn't feel like a heart-centered aligned yes for me, I'm very quick to follow my intuition and say, okay, this way, this way. So I started off in business, in marketing. I was in an agency environment, was not a good fit. So I tried the other side of marketing, which is working directly for a brand. And it was actually a beauty brand. Where again, cool experience, didn't hit it. So I sent myself to naturopathic college because, come on, who doesn't love holistic medicine, the body, being your most vibrant self? And well, I learned a lot there and I've healed myself from many things and my family has benefited, it still felt like this shoe didn't fit. So maybe I'm like a professional Cinderella. And then in 2020, I finally enrolled in like mindset, success, hypnosis, emotional freedom. And I was like, ooh, this is it. This is what I want to do is help people with the mindset to embody what they love in life. So I really, really love helping people who feel stuck in life like I did. Not happy, not themselves. They can't figure out why they're living to please other people. So now I'm embodied in the job I love. I get to help guide women and mothers and entrepreneurs to feel expressed and to stop living with what society wants. And it's like, here's what the fuck I want. Like, let's go. I don't care what my aunt thinks. 
I don't care what my neighbor thinks. Like, let's go. <laughs> Amen to that. And I know <laughs> with my community so much because there's so many of you who are listening who are like, I really hate my job. But then how do you get there? How do you get to the other side? Especially yeah. when you've done a couple bigger leaps of like, but my job's not that bad. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, for you being a naturopathic doctor, like that's so beautiful. And like, I've actually like considered that for a hot second, but I was like, oh yeah, no, it's, I'm good. I'm not going back to school again. I wish I knew about this a little bit earlier, but nope, I'm good. But then it's like, that was a beautiful profession for you to have. So for sure. you have the courage to leave that. Yeah. Ooh, I love that. So yeah. about that, let's dive right into that question. Like what made you realize that you're done? And like you mentioned, like it wasn't a heart centered. Yes. But is like, was it like physical sensations? Was there a change in your vitality? Like mm-hmm. how did you know? I think burnout is usually a big clue that you're not living in alignment with your thoughts and feelings and you're just pushing to try and prove something. Mm-hmm. And I had like a max burnout, adrenal fatigues, didn't want to get out of bed for like a year. And for me, the number one thing, and I've noticed this in my partner too, when we're doing something professionally that ain't it, when someone asks you like, what do you do for a living? I was not passionate to say, I'm a naturopathic doctor. Come see me in the Toronto beaches. I can't wait to help you with your skin and hormones. I was like, yeah, like I work with natural medicine and like I would shut down. Um, Whereas now when people ask me what I do, I'm like, I know I can help you. Like I'm excited. I want to talk about it. I'm lit up. So I'd say burnout. And like, are you actually excited when people ask you about your job to talk about it? Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, personally, there are no such thing as Sunday scaries. There are no such thing as like, I love what I do. And like, sometimes I work on weekends and sometimes I don't, and it's fine. Like every day, with clients, whether it's back end stuff and I'm creating content or I'm seeing people actually like there isn't like a oh this sucks. So that's the thing, guys. You can enjoy yeah. your job, career, whatever your profession and like passion is. Like it's so great. Love it. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's yeah. so good. I love what you're saying there. It's like there isn't this huge contrast or polarity in living it's like you're just living joyfully more frequently right so it's not like I need to get home and turn on Netflix and eat the pizza and numb out my day if you're doing a lot of numbing behaviors that could give you a clue yeah for sure so what do you think was the hardest part of you actually leaving because it's like for me I still have my license to be a nurse and like Mm. I casually enter but like once every six months casually but I haven't given up my license. And as far as I know, you have given up your license. Yeah. Yeah. So was that hard? Like, how did you know you needed to or wanted to? Like, what was that decision like? I think that it actually felt more freeing than hard. By the point I got to, I was just like, I am free now. And -hmm. if you compare it to a bad friendship or a bad relationship, where it's like, oh my God, like, yes, part of me will miss them, but now I'm free from that yucky feeling. It just had been so heavy on me that I was like celebratory more than like sad, which was very confirmative. So I know a lot of people when they hit that point, it's like, it can feel more freeing and joyful than you could ever imagine. And I think the fear comes from most often security feelings or like, what are other people going to say? 
And I think I've done so much work with feeling safe in my own body, safe with different circumstances. And I actually truly don't give a shit what people think. Like I'm so past that, that it's like, you think I'm stupid for dropping $150,000 in education and then having the right to change my mind. Uh It's like, you're allowed to think that and you do you all do me. So living more unapologetically. Yeah, no, I love that. And it's like, that I think is so inspiring because again, it's like you invested a lot of time and money to become a naturopathic doctor. So it's hard to give that up. And I feel like sometimes people get caught behind titles and like, I'll be perfectly honest. Like I had like an identity crisis when I was like transitioning being like, am I still a nurse? Can I say I'm a nurse? Is this a thing? Like, you know what I mean? And it's hard because we hold on to those titles because we give them meaning that that makes me worthy or like that makes me more knowledgeable. But then it's like, no, it doesn't actually. So, oh, I love you shared that. So what was like the hardest part of the leaving? Like, was there something that was awkward, not awkward, but like growing pains in transitioning Uh, from being NP to coach? Yes. And funny enough, I'm going to say no. I'm going to truly say that it felt like so much grace and alignment that me who is formally knocking on doors being like, hey, can I give a speech on the topic of digestive health? So like I could attract clients and like so much effort. Like the first day I was like, hey guys, guess what? I just got my certificate in the mail and now I'm starting. And my first person came through my DMs was like, oh, I'm ready. I'll pay you tomorrow. And it was like, now I was charging more and they didn't even really ask me the price. And it happened with my first post ever with no intention to even earn a dollar. And I was like, okay, so there's a sign here that this is my magnetic people want it, you know, but I can really relate to the idea of resistance because I think of times in my life when I've been really clear with a boundary, like I don't eat gluten, don't eat dairy. And now I don't drink Mm -hmm. and declaring it to people in my life. It's like, well, I'm probably not going to go to that restaurant or bar because it's just kind of weird to stand there and drink water. Like I'd rather be doing something I absolutely love, whatever, painting, yoga, swimming, And then a lot of people either stopped inviting me out or there was then a space where my life container was so empty. And so I was in that, what I call with clients, the space between where I did not have the people that I were in my past. And I was in this space where it was fully empty and I had to trust with my whole heart that the people who were cool with no drinking and gluten-free and you know I don't really want to be around like perfume and things that make me not feel good headaches asthma they not only can respect that they can embrace it and say like hey I'm like I used a natural cleaner I knew you were coming over in that space I was so so lonely and I remember a year or two my husband's like what happened to you like you used to be such a social butterfly and I like sit on the couch and like watch a movie or like you're by yourself all the time. And that was me trusting that sometimes the container has to be a little more empty as you head to where you want to go. And we're really scared of that. We're like, well, if we leave our job, we want the million dollar professional success within one month. 
for most, that's not going to be the way it goes. So being comfortable with that space between those waves, that gray space, that empty container is where the magic is. Because I didn't need people to fulfill me. I was like, I was so sure that this is how I have to live that I knew people would come. And now just being in community where we're eating alike, we're living alike, I have that now. But I had to be okay to be alone for a while. So I know that feeling well. I definitely need to dive more into this because I work with people one-on-one and they get to the like empty like transition zone. And then they're like, well, I don't have plans on Friday night. I don't know who to hang out with. They get like really anxious about that. Yeah. yeah. With your own experience working with clients slash your experience, how long do you think that empty space or that transition yeah. zone lasted? Because again, I love how you mentioned it. Sometimes people are like, okay, I'm going to be a coach. Wait, how come I didn't make a hundred grand in a month? And I'm like, I don't make a hundred grand in a month. <laughs> like, right. Like it's expectations, right? Yes. Yeah. I think that like having that space where like I didn't exactly know my compass or my direction maybe a year or two, it was like just a lot of lack of abundance, like relationships and like income as a naturopathic doctor because it wasn't a good fit. So I wasn't magnetizing financial abundance. And it wasn't until like I did the inner work that stuff started to activate like one at a time. It's like, okay, abundant community came forward. And then, you know, multiple things I've done as a coach, the abundance has activated very quickly But if I didn't do the inner work during those two years of like, well, what am I feeling? What am I avoiding? How am I distracting myself from real life? It could have taken a lot longer. Like if I just decided to stay in like Grey's Anatomy and pizza, I'm not going to go anywhere. But I was devoted to going to group programs, hiring a coach, reading the books, doing the workout, taking myself into nature giving hard no's like people that even I love in my life. It's like, that doesn't fit me right now. And like dealing with other people's disappointment. Like I had to be fully unapologetic in the way that I move forward. I love that. And that yeah. level of confidence is scary to step into. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. like, while obviously primed to want to be loved and accepted by our community and then right. that- zone of we're changing communities is so scary because then you're like I don't want to be alone I need support but then really if you're getting the wrong support that's actually not fulfilling you or is like super that's not actually working so being alone is kind of nice totally yeah I completely agree with you I always say that I'd rather be fulfilled sitting by myself and lonely sitting in a room talking about stuff that's completely inconsequential to me. And I often notice that if people in communities start talking about who has the most expensive couch, I like shut down because I'm not that interested. But if it's like, they're like, oh, I healed myself of this autoimmune disease, like I'm all ears, right? So it's coming into comfort where you're like happy being by yourself. And you stop trying to like just find distraction all the time. So you never have to feel anything, right? So it takes an element of bravery and an element of resourcefulness. Like I'm not saying that I did nothing during those two years. Like I would go to yoga studios and even there were like the least vibe yoga studios I'd ever been to. Like people were barely smiley or connecting, but I'm like, 
I'm here moving my body and I'm physically around community, you know? So yeah, it does take an element of bravery plus self introspection. Mm -hmm. When I was still nursing and I was just like exiting a big relationship, one of my coworkers who I was really close with, and she's a bit older than me, she was like, if you don't love your own company and you don't know how to have a relationship with yourself, yeah, nothing's ever going to work. So sure. I, you know what I mean? Like I kind of knew I was like, I want to be single for a bit because I need to like sort myself because there's some like, like healing that needs to be done here. But for then sure. I really love that because then I actually got to know myself from a different level, different perspective, a different lens. Yeah. And the people will come because it's like, if you don't even know yourself, you don't know what's important to you. And you're like, mm-hmm. this isn't working. You need a moment to figure out what you do want. And then, yeah. you know, like, you mean like these amazing people? That's <laughs> right. Yes. People underestimate how fast amazing things can happen when you just make the decision for change. That's what you have to do. Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. And I mean, like everything does take a moment. And I think we're yeah. really in an environment of like instant gratification and everything's like now that right. it's even Amazon Prime takes like a day, <laughs> you know, you need an instant pot, like your chicken needs a couple minutes, you know, like, come on, guys. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's true. So do you have suggestions for people who are wanting to transition to becoming an entrepreneur or a coach? Like, what would you say to them in terms of like, I wish I knew this or kind of like, hey, I did this and it was really good. Yeah, I think like the most important thing I see with clients one to one in my group programs is people are massively struggling with confidence. So they have the medicine on their heart. They have the dream and then they kind of seize up. So what I did early on was I took on a few people that were a perfect client avatar match for free. And I'm like, if I can help them, I can help anybody because this is who I want to work with. So I worked with them for a number of weeks and then I just flagged said like, how'd it go? And like, all of them are like, this has changed my life. It's amazing. Like, I'm making more money. I'm happier. And so that allowed me to have the confidence to sell and let new people know I can really help you. So be willing to be humble, like be willing to give away a bit for free, build your confidence, maybe even your testimonials and just start with truly wanting to serve and give impact to people. And that can go a long way. Yeah, no, that's true. I love that. Because again, it's like, it's funny, I obviously charge a different amount now than I did two years ago. Because when I initially started charging, I was just like, how can I charge that? Is that okay? Like (laughs) compared to like a nursing income. And I was like, oh my God, is all okay. And then when I actually had those clients, and then I realized that an hour of coaching isn't actually an hour of coaching, there's a few extra hours in the behind the scenes, then I was just like, okay, now I get it. So it's like, you almost need to just start somewhere and then realize, and then as you do the work and then one transformation compared to what they're paying for. Cause again, it's like, it's not therapy because everyone I think is stuck in that, that they're like, well, I've been in therapy for 10 years. And I was like, this isn't therapy. (laughs) This is a whole different ball game. But then also you're willing to spend 10 years worth of therapy how yeah. about doing that healing in a couple months? 
Because that's the level we work at. And I always make the distinction that therapy is where you've been in the past and coaching is where you want to go. Because it is important to look at your past and like make peace and heal to move forward. But in therapy, you're not always like declaring or visioning, here's where I want to go. And if we get in any car without a map, who knows where the F we're going to end up. But if we sit, and intentionally plug in an address and say, this is where I want to go. You're going to wake up, make the right turns, go all the right places. So I think that's a really important distinction for people is we're going to do a lot of work on where you're headed. And of course, they all weave together the past and the future. But I think there is a distinction there. Now, do you have a suggestion in terms of doing a slower transition or doing like a cold turkey? You're all in and you're like, okay, well, this has to work. Do you yeah. like, do you think like different people need a different way of doing it? Or is it like rip off the bandaid, get in there? Yeah. So I always say like, you have to have a personal intuitive conversation with your nervous system. So it's like, if you're going to feel absolutely paralyzed, waking up and know whatever, you need three clients at $5,000 a month to maintain your current lifestyle. Ask yourself, is that exciting or paralyzing? Like ask yourself truly. And Some people, it's more like staggered. So it's like, I'm going to ease off my other job and afford myself two days a week to build. And then I'm going to look at my income and then maybe more days come off. So we never want to do anything that makes us feel like frozen or paralyzed energetically. We want to feel inspired, right? So I've seen people do it both ways. And some people will save up for a while to give themselves a bit of this cushion But I also think there does have to be a degree of faith there too, that it's going to work out. So I think this is about your intuitive conversation, turning inward and asking yourself, like, what can my heart and nervous system handle? And then keeping your dreams really, really big, right? Like keep them big, hang out with the right people, keep coming back to them, visualizing them, holding them. It'll change the way you talk and engage. Like this is where miracles happen. And just be so selective with who you're around, like friends you make yourself or joining a mastermind, people that are just unapologetically, this is going to work even on the shitty days. Because guess what? We're all going to have them. (laughs) I think that's also important to mention because it's like when you're beginning, you don't have that confidence yet. You haven't seen the income come in yet. And it's like, I don't want to say you're vulnerable or fragile, but like think of it like you just planted a seed. That right. like little tiny seedling needs a little more gentleness and yeah. like, be careful what's around you. And that's so, so, so important because like, there was a lot of people who did not believe in my vision. There's a lot of people who very, very bluntly and a little roughly told me that this is the stupidest <laughs> thing ever. And there yeah. was people that were like, you're important to me. So not having your approval really sucks. But then course. Beyond that. So it's like, you have to be careful who you share your mm-hmm. vision with. Because you don't want it to be like trampled on because of their own projections and their own fears. Totally. Oh, yeah. It's it's a sacred vision. I always say that. I'm like, before you go anywhere, ask your intuitive self, Mm. does it feel safe and exciting to share my vision with this person? And if the answer is no, don't even bother saying, hey, Aunt Linda, you know, in the new year, I'm going to drop my nine to five. I buy a hundred thousand dollars a year and I'm just gonna go for it as like a Reiki coach or whatever. 
because they're just going to put their projections and current life experience and fears and disappointments onto you. Whereas you and I met organically, we have a lot of similar passions and food. It will probably be very easy for us to say, oh yeah, I guess if I'm doing this thing, we're like, yeah, you go girl. So you can ask yourself like what feels good in your heart. And then to the opposite end, it's like, I'm going to put a boundary there. And if someone asks you, you can just respond with a cool neutral statement, which is like, oh, thanks so much for asking. Yeah, things are going really great. Thinking of a few different directions, I'll let you know when I figure it out. Just throw down a gentle boundary, right? I love that. And I think that's something that people love to like hold on to in terms of like, but like, how do I set the boundary? But what do I say without getting And then also, I'm sorry, but you got to do the inner work of why were you triggered by it? Why do you care what Aunt Linda has to say if Aunt Linda might be miserable and hates her job? I'm like, are you taking advice from her? And that's because we haven't fortified our own inner confidence, right? So it's like, until we've found that and cultivated proof of how amazing we are in that confidence, sometimes we do have to avoid it. Because like, if our spirit is like, kind of like here, until our spirit is this big, and we actually don't care Maybe it's about avoidance as we fortify, right? So you can ask yourself, who feels like a visionary BFF to share with? And who am I going to talk to about the weather and the tomato size in the garden? Just keep it real, right? (laughs) No, I love that. No, that's true. (laughs) Now, you talked about confidence a few times. So do you have any tips in terms of cultivating that inner confidence when you don't have the actual like three-dimensional manifestations yet and you're kind of just like getting going and trying to figure it out how do you cultivate that confidence I believe that we cultivate confidence through action so sometimes we're just so in our head and we're just like oh but what if and what if and then these circumstances send us into non-confident spirals but through action we realize we can handle more than we thought So, you know, it's like, go show up on the live, go show up on your course. 90% of the time, it's going to go really well. And then you have proof and then you keep building on that proof. So whatever you've been avoiding, just friggin' do it. And if the big version feels scary, do a small version. Are you not ready to launch your program yet to a $10,000 paying client? Go do it with an avatar for free. Get those testimonials. Let them tell you how great you are. So I think that that's really important. And I think it's also a lot about identifying your true inner gifts. So a lot of us try and like be like other people. It's like, oh, damn, like I'm not athletic or I'm not great speaking on stage, but they're like a genius with like words or art and they're not living in that. So ask yourself if you're living by someone else's definition of being gifted and successful And then define your own version. Like, here's when I'm absolutely fucking magical. (laughs) I love that. Now, is there something that you wish you did differently in your transition? Like, I feel like it was very aligned and beautiful and it kind of like just flowed. But is there something that you're like, I've just done a little bit differently? Yeah, I think that just stepping out earlier with more diversified offerings could have been nice. Like, It wasn't until a year or two later that I started offering some group stuff and some individual. And what I love knowing now is that I can offer people something and there will be a match for most people. So your biggest investment will be the one-to-one. You're going to get a lot of time and attention, but maybe if the budget's not there yet, you're a better fit to like join a group coaching, right? 
or the mastermind for other types of people. So I think I'm really just continuing to dream what's possible and putting myself around really visionary people helped me like open up these mental channels to know, oh yeah, you can create whatever you want. (laughs) So keeping your mind open. Oh yeah, no, totally. And again, go do something. Go do (laughs) it. It doesn't get you anywhere, but more stress. Whatever it is, just like baby steps, just like, just please and a little nudge. Go, go, go. You've got this. Yes, yes. So one of our programs, LEAP, where we teach holistic practitioners to earn more with their worth. So we did a bunch of exercises and someone messaged me last night with something that just landed so powerfully for me. And they said, you know, I've been a self-help junkie for a long time. And everywhere I go, I have a podcast in my ears or a YouTube or just listening an audio book to these concepts. But the fact that you guys teach the thing and make us sit and do it, I realized I wasn't converting knowledge to action. And so that's another thing you can ask yourself if you're a self-help junkie is like, what are you going to do with it? Right. And to actually sit and draw out the vision and the plan is very different than just listening to it. So is concept going through to action? And I think this is sometimes where as holistic healers, we get all passive And you do need a plan. You do need to meet the vision and the magic and the naked goddess forest lady who's manifesting with a marketing plan, (laughs) like some strategy. And this is kind of a weak point that I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they're too far in like hustle, 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 or they want to manifest naked on the garden floor. And I see success when like that yin and yang, the action and the manifesting, the magic and the strategy they have to fuse. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. I think that's so important for us to remember because it's like, you yeah. can't just like, oh, I'm going to journal about it. It's like, yeah, but are you doing something about it? So again, yeah. taking that inspired action. And even if it's a small step, it's like, you got to actually do the thing. And I mean, I was definitely one of those people who's <laughs> always listening to something and always yeah. like, oh, the next, the next, the next. But then it's like, pause integrate <laughs> and like do something with it because like most of these like podcasts and like especially the books that you're listening to they do give you things to like journal about or think about yeah. or reflect like there are some juicy questions in there and you're like yeah 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 and then it's like again that's like logical conscious mind mm, you're gonna have to need to embody and integrate that into your subconscious yeah. and my favorite personal experience was a self-help weekend So they did like a 20 minute teaching on rejection, right? Which we all don't love rejection. It's like, hey, so-and-so, do you want to be in my Reiki program? Love to have you. Nah, it's like, okay, perfect. You can honor their best yes. And Mm -hmm. also the ding. So we had to go into downtown Toronto and ask a handful of people with no background explanation. Hey, my name is Emily Lee. Buy me a coffee today. And then really feel what it's like to put yourself out there and of course a few people are going to be weirded out i'm like no but then i learned something new like the first person i asked it's like hey do you want to buy me a coffee he like looked at me sideways and he's like okay so it's like it also showed me yeah rejection sucks but it also can be really easy and sometimes we're too busy focused on who's not going to join who might quote unquote reject you right but even I believe rejection is redirection. So I learned that from one of my mentors. And even if that person says no now, and you feel like you guys are a vibey ass match, 
maybe down the future, the timing's right. So rejection isn't even necessarily always rejection. <laughs> no. And like, trust me, you don't ever want to be with a client that doesn't want to do the work or they're yeah. not aligned with you because it's going to be painful for both of you. And it's just like, okay. if it's a no, I'm like, perfect. Amazing. It's an like, ready. <laughs> here. But like, no, 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 no. Oh. not chasing any clients because if no one's winning there, I feel like you would have had a lot of copies that day. <laughs> You're like buzzing. Like, this is not a very environmentally friendly challenge, <laughs> just throwing out all this coffee. But like, I oh, yeah. see the point of it. And yeah, like getting those stretchy exercises into our physiology more than just thinking about them, right? And this is why like, people should hire someone like you, someone like me, join a mastermind, join whatever group calls your spirit. Because when we're just thinking about it, we're going to go like 5%. And when we're actually doing it and we're supported, it'll go way further. <laughs> oh, totally. And I mean, like, I personally don't know any coach that has a successful business that doesn't have a coach or mentor or That's have right. one for some time. Like, for sure. That's not how it works. And it's like, unfortunately, and not unfortunately, it's an energetic exchange. There's transformation in the transaction so it's yeah. not like the money part but if you don't have any skin in the game and you're not like shit I just invested five thousand dollars and like I literally like that was my first coaching program and I was like that's a lot of money how huh? I'm gonna do this oh my god and I'm thinking in like nursing numbers I'm like that's gonna take me so long to like create and then all of a sudden I was just like or I can make it non-negotiable that I know I'm gonna make back my investment because I'm gonna actually show up and listen and do the stuff and it's uncomfortable but if you don't have anything in it yeah, it's like put a little skin in the game. And if your client wants to pay 10% of what you've asked, you can ask back like, well, how much can you afford and then put some skin in the game? Yeah. So if you tell me you, you're going to join my program for $1,000, putting a little skin in the game, what would that look like? 1500 because then you have to have faith you're going to get one more client to teach about sleep or skin or whatever it is you're teaching, right? Yeah, no, it's true. And the thing that I also think is funny, like humans are so weird. There's things that I offer for free. And like, yeah. I'm sure we've all done this where it's like, and I also don't show up differently for my free offerings. Like you're not going to yeah. get a crappier version of me, but then I'm like, people sign up and they don't actually show up and like guilty as charged. I've done that too. It's like you signed for up sure. for the thing or you downloaded the thing and you don't actually open it or look at it. So it's like, no one's winning here. Then yeah. it's like, I don't have a filled zoom room where mm -hmm. I want to share the magic, but then people also didn't receive the magic that they wish they wanted. But I'm like, it was right here. It's not worth it. Like, it's like a, it's just this like human thing that we do of just when we pay for something, you're like, oh, I really want to like make sure I use that. Yeah. Perceived value. And like, yeah. The other thing I've really noticed with like group stuff is people really want to be seen, which is like the beautiful because it's human nature. And so I am excited to offer pre-recorded stuff and down the road. But right now I love group courses where we're all live and everyone who comes on, I will greet you by name. Like, hello, Rachel. Hello, Naomi. Because like we're living in alienation. Like we have whatever, 4,000 friends on Instagram. And this is the one that makes me laugh so hard. I always love studying human behavior. It's like, let's say it's my birthday and people see all these posts. And then only 10% of people feel connected enough to say happy birthday, but they're looking online. And I've done it too. I'm just like, why am I just flicking through this and not being like, happy birthday? So it's a wild 
fucking human experiment going on. And the stuff we can do to make people feel like seen and valued, I think is really, really beautiful. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. Oh, that's so beautiful. Now, <laughs> I also want to dive into you having a TED Talk. Like, how did that happen? Like, how did you manifest this? What did you talk <laughs> about? Like, I love to hear this. So tell me all the details. I knew the story, which is like, do you have the courage to quit? Like, that's very like top of mind for me. And people are very curious about the topic, which is usually like a good hint. And funny enough, I think if you just like follow the mantra, like show up and serve, show up and serve in life, I'm just being me. Like I'm over here, like living my life and talking about what interests me and sometimes very little engagement, sometimes lots of engagement. And I try not to question it because, for example, the host of that event was my grade 11 English teacher who found my story interesting, right? And I think this is all about like authenticity and being yourself because I delivered the speech that day and she was like, she's now the counselor at that school. She's like, that was a killer message for our students. So I think it's a great lesson in just keep showing up like crazy because you never know who you're going to help. Like I would never have thought that. And I always really liked this teacher. She's a total sweetheart. But I would never have guessed that when I was in my 30s, she's going to circle back and think my message is awesome. And you have to trust the timing because I wasn't exactly in the space to like feel like, ooh, I'm a speaker. Like I had a seven month old baby. I felt like I still had like a lot of like leaking and like just baby not wanting to be seen. But I'm like, no. And like the universe nudges you answer it. So I was like pumping milk in the parking lot and feeling really tired, but I did it and I felt good about it. So I would say the secret there is just even on the days no one's giving you direct like comments, people are noticing. (laughs) And I think that's so interesting to mention, or I guess it's like a friendly reminder because people are watching and you don't know who you're inspiring and you don't know who's actually like, taking in your content. I always think that's kind of like funny because like sometimes people will bring things up that are on my podcast. And I was like, I've never shared that except for on my podcast. I'm like, oh, you listen to my podcast. And then it's like, oh yeah, I do. And I was like, oh, I didn't know. know. You know what I mean? Like I would have never thought you would. would. I'm like, I wouldn't think this was interesting to you or you would care or like that you're into this. And it's like, you don't know. And like you said it a few times, but it's like, you have to show up and serve it's like have a passion within your heart that you're meant to do and it doesn't matter it's like are you making candles are you coaching like it actually doesn't matter what the thing is but if you have this thing within you being like I really want to do this and lights me up just do it and when you do it's going to align like people aren't going to be like hey can you make candles for me that's not how it works you got to make the candles and then people are like oh can I get one of those Yeah. And like the other thing I learned is don't be afraid to ask. Like for a long time, I'm like, are people going to be offended if I ask them to like join this or join that? But I genuinely ask people because I think they're awesome and I think I can help them and I think the community will love them and everyone will win. So it's changing our psychology too to like, it's not bad or salesy. It's like if you genuinely believe you are helping someone, you're almost doing them a disservice by not saying, hey, I see you. Is this a fit? And trust that they'll know, you know? 
I remember my husband did an offering a few years ago and someone signed up right away. He's like, do you want to guess the first person in this community group? And I guessed a few. He's like, no, no, no. And then he told me the person I was like, I would have thought that person would never ever in a million years join that program. And that's on us. That's on me for making any pre-existing assumptions about who likes what and who's where in life. And the way this person used the program was pretty revolutionary and different. So it just teaches us don't make assumptions about people. Ask them, learn from them, listen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, it's like people love buying things. Yeah. (laughs) So we always like, oh, it's sleazy to sell. And I'm like, no, you're making an offering and people can choose to buy. Like you're not like putting a gun to their head and being like, you have to buy this. It's like, no, that's not ridiculous. Like people love buying things. Like people love it. Like it's exciting. And even when I like sign up for my coaches or like whatever self-development thing or a certification, I'm just like, ooh, like I can't wait. I'm just like, this is my next something. So don't take away that opportunity. Is there anything else you would recommend in terms of not feeling that yuckiness of selling or how you got over that? I think that there's some limiting belief there. If you feel like just asking a question is yucky, because it's like, you have to believe that people can give their best yes and no. And like, maybe you believe you're pressuring them. Maybe you believe people are going to say yes and not mean it. So just ask yourself, like, why do I feel weird? And there's been times still here and there, I'll ask someone and then I'll feel weird. And I'm like, maybe they felt stretched by that question. And this actually has nothing to do with me. So yeah, just know you want to help people. And like, if they say no, listen, you don't have to then keep selling. So I think it's just tuning in. No, that's a good one. I love that. Now, I know that you're a mom of two. And of course, you run this beautiful business. You have an abundant life. How do you make it all work? Because I think a lot of people sometimes get boxed in being like, no, but I'm a parent now. Or it's like, no, I'm focused on my career now. No, I'm working on my like my health and wellness and my fitness journey. But it's like life's happening now. Yeah, (laughs) I need to like it's doable. But like Mm -hmm. what helped you juggle it all with ease or like what's a tip you would have? Yeah. Secrets. (laughs) (laughs) You bet. I would say that I'm just determined and decided in my psychology that Mm. it's just going to work. And if I woke up believing it's not going to work, then I would prove that to myself. So does that mean some days there's tears and exhaustion? Yes. Does that mean there's days where I feel like I'm flying high in the heavens? Yes. So I've accepted that in order to have both worlds, that it's going to take some stretchiness and do things that some people aren't willing to do potentially. So it's like some weeks I don't go out and socialize or go shopping. I'm working on a presentation or doing things that aren't quote unquote fun, but this is what I want. And I think too, that I feel really charged up by being a mom. Like, I feel like this is my why it's like, I want them to go to the school that I think would bring out their spirits and their little personalities. I want them to have the best food. So even on the days when I'm like, whoa, I can ground back into this why and know why I'm doing it. But I would just say that if you want it all, just know there's going to be like high highs and lower lows. And it's just about 
navigating them like a skillful sailor, letting yourself feel it, and then not staying in those low feelings, like figuring out how to move energy faster and wiser. Totally. Beautifully said. And I mean, I think when you've entered into motherhood, your why does get bigger. And I feel like women unlock this new level of energy and manifestation of just like, you just got to do it because you're going to and you love these little beings. Let's make it happen. But it is doable. And again, like for those of you who are working nine to fives, you're like, I hate my job. When you're running your own business, yes, it's a lot of work. Absolutely. But it's exciting. And it's fueling yourself. So even though like you're giving a lot, what you're getting back from seeing people's lives change and hearing testimonials and seeing people blossoming and like people getting through whatever they're working through, that level of energy, like it's like a quadruple espresso shot over and over again. And you're like, okay, let's go. Well put. It's like make what pains you your passion. And then you wake up every day and it's like, let's fucking go. And like, if you have a goal and a dream, that will get you out of bed more than like a green juice and like feeling like you're living a green lifestyle. Like, no, you need a purpose and a passion. And that is everything. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, like, listen, we've all gone through the awkward transitions. Like when I was still nursing and like creating my business, it sucked. Like I would be in like the staircase at three in the morning, writing up my Reiki manual. Like you think I wanted to do that? Like it didn't feel fantastic, but then yeah. I was like, well, if I don't do this. I can't take on my clients, run my certification, which means I'm going to be doing the night shift longer. So it's like, you yeah. almost got to be like, what discomfort do you choose? And it's always yeah. temporary. And like, let's go. I'm here for it. I love it. I think that's truly well put. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Now, yeah. another question. I have all the questions for you. <laughs> How do you overcome the fear part? I think we have to stop vilifying fear. We have to stop mm. making it like so bad because there's a part of fear that's protective. But if it's like overpowering you, it's bad. So if you're fearful and you're like, what if I do this course? And then nobody comes to the course and so you don't do anything that's not good but if you launch the course with a bit of fear it means you really want to do well and help people and impact people so i think we need to stop saying fearless no fear what if fear is protective and it shows us that we care and it shows us that so for example i was at a meeting like in another town before i came to be on this with you and then for a minute i was worried i was like oh shit, like what if I'm not back at 1.30? What if there's traffic? And then rather than letting it consume me, be like, I obviously really care about her time. And if it happened, I would have to apologize and just be real with her. So it's like allow fear just to tell us something deeper and not let it rule us. So I think it's about redirecting and recreating a relationship with fear rather than not having fear. Totally. And I mean, like, fear is not a bad thing. It's just part of our system. We're not going to remove it. And if anything, like, we didn't have fear at all, we would probably make some stupid decisions (laughs) that are actually dangerous. Yeah. Into it. And I mean, like, I always love the reframe of two people on a roller coaster. One person hates it, one person loves it. Same roller coaster, same physiological sensation. But what's Mm -hmm. your interpretation? Is it exciting and fun? Or is it horrendous and you're having an anxiety attack and you think you're going to die? For sure. No, it's so true. It's like, we really have to get to know fear because I think we are cultured out of like, don't have any emotions. Don't be scared. 
don't be too proud, right? Like minimize yourself, nice girl. Don't be fearful, like be fearless. And I'm like, we're allowed to have all our emotions. They're actually very healthy. I think we need to look at that and be like, where have you been told? Well, don't have anxiety. Don't have fear. Don't be too joyful. Don't be too proud. Don't be too beautiful because then people will hate you. It's like, no, it doesn't fly. It's like, be beautiful. And it pisses someone off. That's their work. What's bothering them? Don't dim your light because someone else might comment or notice, you know? Yeah, no, it's true. Absolutely. So one more, what are your go-to rituals? Morning, evening, like what do you do? And again, you're a mom of two little ones. (laughs) And again, like I say this with love, everyone can make the time. I'm sure you don't wake up at 4 a.m. to chant for three hours, which, you know, no judgment. I don't. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) What do you do? What are the potent things you do in the morning and in the evening to fill your cup? Because you need to fill that because you're giving a lot to a lot of places. Yeah, I think we talked about this earlier, but we really have to make peace with the fact that life is cyclical. So old me was able to do like a lot of yoga, meditation, rituals, food, journaling. And now sometimes I might have 15 minutes to myself a day if my partner is away, right? So I think first off, allow in the cyclic nature because Last night I was at a 90 minute yoga with a friend, which was a breakthrough because I haven't had that since my daughter's been born. So then it just comes down to like, what are your non-negotiables? And for me, when the kids nap, I don't touch the house. I don't clean. I don't do anything. I'm like, I will either be resting, meditating, drinking like a hot herbal drink. And I find that being in that yin feminine relaxation magic like you're in reset for my business and life. So I think leaning into like rest in a day when you can get it and then leaning into action. Whereas we've been told like, go, 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 go. And I find for women, that's the fucking death of them. Go find a way to rest your mind and spirit. So if I don't get much in the morning, I can do it during the kids' nap time. And then in the evening, I most often listen to the Deepak Chopra 21 Days of Abundance. So abundance, forgiveness, like a lot of really beautiful things. And I find that that's a very short meditation. And I just come back to like my hot herbal drinks are like a meditation for me. And I just tell myself, I'm like, today was a hard day and I'm tired. I'm not going to go do those sales reach outs because people are going to feel it. But I know as soon as my cup's back full, like maybe after that yoga class I went to, send a couple messages, connect with people because I can feel my own vibrancy. So at this stage of my life, there is not a lot of space at all for the stretching and then the hot grass-fed organic meal. But I just ask myself, what's the one thing I can do today to charge myself up? And then I just trust it, do it and offer myself grace. (laughs) I love that. Like, I love that so much. Again, this is the most beautiful and easiest way to lean into your feminine. And not to mention like personal opinion, multitasking doesn't always work. You half-ass a hundred things and then you didn't actually do anything. It's like, did you listen to the podcast while cleaning? And you're like trying to get like a meal going and then you're dealing like, just like what was the core thing that came through that podcast? Nothing, because you were doing too many things. So I think we need to learn to give ourselves permission to rest because how you're human. 
Yeah. And then two, it's like, you're allowed to do one thing at once. And sometimes yeah. it's nothing. doing nothing is mm, so good. Overstimulating. And yeah. So I think just like really devote yourself to one thing. And women take pride in multitasking, but I agree. I don't think it's as effective. So we need to like reclaim devoted focus. <laughs> Love it. Devoted focus. Oh, that's beautiful. Okay, guys, yeah. write that down, please. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Love it. Love it. Very last question I ask everybody, what brings you joy, obviously? (laughs) Um, I think joy is being connected to nature with those you love the most. It's like nature's giving you all the codes of how to communicate and support and bloom and surrender and then being in the space with those you love in a nature space I think it's like heaven on earth so we like to go in the forest and just walk around and explore and just really connect to life's simple magic so it's a very simple answer but that's what lights me up listen simple is always the best answer I feel like somebody <laughs> asked me this like years ago and I was like what's one of my favorite things I'm like silence they're like what and I was like do you know how noisy it is to live downtown and to be a nurse silence <laughs> so the yes, simple is always the best I completely <laughs> agree <laughs> amen to that love 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 okay well it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you Emily I'm so glad we randomly connected and I literally yeah. like, where is this ice cream from <laughs> ice cream friends <laughs> love it so so good now where can people find you where can they connect with you and please tell us a little bit about what offerings you have going on right now so people can connect yeah, so I'm on Instagram, Emily Elliott with a double underscore. And if you are looking for a community connection and want to chat about our women's mastermind, we're here to connect and empower. And you know what makes us different is we care just as much about your biz growth as a happy life, whether it's riding your bike or making homemade pulled shawarma. We want people to be fully expressed. And so you can check out our women's mastermind group coaching or one-to-one coaching and that's also on my website emilyelliot.ca and thank you thank you thank you for this juicy deep and soulful conversation <laughs> my pleasure loved it so good we connected guys reach out to her follow her she's literally a ray of sunshine and stay tuned for our next episode thanks Amelia. and this was so fun